When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to a Team New Stream, where as soon as I clicked the button, I realised I hadn't changed the name on the intro screen. It's not Neil today. It's David. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thanks. I mean, uh, we've still got uh, the quota of one ginger on Kiss a Ginger Day, so that's fine. Um, you know, I think we've we've ticked that box nicely. Yeah, Neil's uh, Neil's offer a little bit. Um, I suppose in a way he's, he's red flagged uh, with an unknown return date, but we should uh, we should see him back uh, in a few weeks, or you know. Um, that's what Pep would normally say, isn't it? You know, he's out for a few weeks, uh, something like that. No so. further info, we'll see, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no return day, but yeah, hopefully he'll be back soon enough. Nothing bad, by the way, we should say. it's uh, He's just off for a little bit, a bit of time off. Um, and yeah, I pretty much changed the name on every single screen apart from this one. But who cares? We're getting into the main teams now. Lots to talk about. Loads of people on free hit. Uh, some of us stupidly wildcarding as well. So there's some important news we need to get to. And I think, as always... We'll just start with Man City because that's always the team people have their doubts about. They're not sure who's going to start. Um, obviously, Sterling was said to be not be fully fit, I think, was for the FA Cup. Um, and obviously, a few people wanted to punt on him. So what's the latest that's come out of, um, of Pep Guardiola's press conference, which was today? Yeah, so uh, the official line from Man City is that um, Sterling is fit and he's ready to play. Um, now, um, <laughs> the, thing, the thing with these sorts of things is uh, we always like to uh, look at exact quotes. Like, you know, they're the sort of things that make uh, myself and make Neil a lot more confident on some of these players. And I'm sure that Sterling is fine. I'm, I'm sure he's fine. But just to talk people through um, exactly what was said and exactly like my personal take on what's come out of this press conference. Um, yeah, let, let's start with the exact quotes where Guardiola, um, when asked about uh, the injury, said that Laporte is injured, uh, Ake is injured too. He said Eric Garcia is solitary, which I think is just Pep saying is in self-isolation, which I think the club have confirmed as well. Um, uh, and Palmer is, is solitary as well. Obviously, I'm sure there's loads of you who are looking to have him in your free hit scheme. Um, and then he's put the rest, but he said, maybe I forgot someone. The rest are okay. So, you know, what ha what normally happens with these press conferences is when a manager says everyone's okay, all of the journalists who are at the conference go, oh, that means Sterling's fit, Sterling's fit, Sterling's fit. So then you just get this big snowball on Twitter of just everyone says Sterling's fit. Um, and at the point that, that happened, he hadn't actually said the exact words that Sterling is fit. Now, it's highly unlikely that he would just forget that Sterling still had some kind of injury. Um 
But yeah, I think it's just quite important to understand exactly what was said. Then in terms of what tells us that Sterling is fit has actually come from Man City's website rather than specifically from from Pep, from what I've seen so far, from what I've been able to watch. Um, and their website um, said Sterling's return is a boost for Guardiola, who confirmed the winger is available again after he was left out of the Birmingham game due to being short of full fitness. So he probably is going to play. Or rather, be involved. I should say. I never want to. I'm never going to completely say that he's going to play because you know what Guardiola's like. Um, but yeah, that that's specifically what the update is on Sterling. So I, I know it's a bit boring and a bit long winded, but it's a little bit more than just him. Like Guardiola said, he's definitely fit. Sometimes the website and sometimes the journalists they don't quite tally with what a manager says. And anyone who remembers the Rodriguez thing from what maybe about a month ago knows exactly what we're talking about here. You know, Ancelotti said, "I think he's going to play." So. Everton's social media, all the journalists said, he, you know, they said, I think he's not going to play. And then all everyone else said, okay, he won't play. But actually he said, I think he won't play. And then he did play. So there is sometimes a little bit of a, a lost in translation problem between even people who work for a club and what the manager says. So that's always going to be at the back of my mind on, on Sterling. I've probably confused people even more than they were hoping for, but I just don't want to sit here and say, Guardiola said those exact words. That's that's the main thing. What about what about um, Cancelo? Right? Did you did you hear all that stuff on him? Because I saw some tweets from um, Sam Lee, who's one of the journalists for the Athletic, and there was some weird stuff he was saying about Cancelo. Did you catch that? Did you see it? I've got it here. If not, I just wondered if you if you saw it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he seems to love talking about him, doesn't he? Um, yeah. It, it, I mean, Cancelo's played you know really well recently, um, and um, yeah. I mean, he's talked about the different positions he's played in, I think, if we're talking about the same quotes. Yeah, so basically I've got it here. Now, this isn't um, this isn't from Scout, so I, I don't know if this is 100% uh, accurate word for word, but he said he was tired against Birmingham. That's why he played 45 minutes. And then he said, hopefully he'll be available for tomorrow. What gives us um, a team is so important, so important, honestly. So I don't really know what that means. But I don't know. It was kind of weird that he was like bigging him up that he can do all these things. But then it's taken him a long time to learn. And then hopefully he can play tomorrow. It's just put a few people um, few people off him. But I, I still think he's going to start, right? Do you think the same? Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, in terms of what, in terms of what I've, I've seen as well, um, he, you know, Guardiola said he's a guy whose physicality is incredible. He could play again the day after a game. Yeah. This is so important to have players consistently fit. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be too worried. Um, what we have to remember is that um, in terms of the alternatives that he's got, um, Walker played 90 minutes in the cup and he's only recently back from yeah. um, self-isolation as well, I think. So um, who else can he play at right back? Uh, in that scenario, you know, if he was worried about if he wanted to use Walker as well, you know, he had a few other centre backs uh, that he could have, you know, used instead of Walker, and then Walker could have played. Um, so uh, Walker could have been rested, I, I should say. So I wouldn't be too worried. And for him to be also talking up his um, his physical, you know, kind of stamina is quite important. We've 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 heard him talk about players like this before, um, and that's usually quite encouraging. So yeah, I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, it's Pep, so just remember that. <laughs> But in terms of, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried. I I only brought it up because people have started panicking. I I pretty much go over him as well. I don't think this has put me off too much. I still think, even if he was to somehow miss out this game, I still think he's probably right up there in terms of uh, picks on the team suit. So, yeah, Man City looking pretty good. In terms of Sterling and stuff, we're just going to have to wait and see. I think, um, are are you for predicted lineups? Are you putting Jesus in? Think he's starting? 
Yeah, I think I think Jesus will start this because, um, well, there's not really any alternative in terms of recognised strikers. So the other thing that came out of this was just confirmation that um, Aguero is uh, in self-isolation. Uh, it's why he didn't play in the cup game. It, it sounds like someone within his close personal network has tested positive. So he hasn't tested positive from what we've heard. That's what the update was on Sunday. And there's been no change to that. Um, Guardiola said on Sunday that he would have to wait and see how long um, Aguero's isolation was going to have to last. And I, I think, I mean, the the, the, the the guidelines are always changing, aren't they, in this country? But the, the, I think the reason why there was confusion there is because he needed to find out the details of the symptoms of the person who's tested positive, which in this case is not Aguero. Um, and so then now what we've been told, we actually have a timescale on Aguero, is he said nine to 10 days. So um, that um, should see him not involved in any of the double game weeks. So arguably brings Jesus into, uh, you know, into more of an option that we can, we can think about. Um, obviously he's not played as much recently as perhaps Guardiola would have liked. So I'm sure that we might see at various points over the next three games, which are quite close together. We could see Sterling maybe play in the center forward role, but of course De Bruyne has played it too. Uh, in the last two games, he's played false nine. Um, they were against bigger teams, and this is a home game against a smaller team, but still a team that likes to play possession-based football. So you never know. We could still see De Bruyne involved. I probably am going to put Jesus in to to, to come back around to your question, uh, but um, because he is the only recognised striker, but Guardiola has shown in recent games that he can use others in that role. Absolutely. Um, okay. I, I, yeah, I think I think it's, I think he'll play, but it's just. Um... It's just the minutes, I guess. How how will his minutes be managed with no other strikers? So we'll have yeah. to see. And obviously, they've done okay recently with uh, with no striker as well. So anyway, let's move on from Man City because we could spend all day talking about them. Let's go to the other side of Manchester, Man United. I don't think there's really any major concerns uh, in terms of the main players like Fernandez, Rashford that we're putting in. Um, but for people that are maybe trying to go a little bit cheaper, so the likes of Luke Shaw, um, Victor Lindelof, they were class is not fit or not available but I think they've all trained now is that right are you expecting them both to start yeah so I think I think Lindelof more so than sure because obviously um there is kind of slightly more alternative I think uh at left back uh than there is a center back the reason why I'm so uh more certain on Lindelof uh is because um uh Baye's got this problem you know he came up came off with what we thought was a head injury in the FA Cup but it was revealed afterwards to be um a neck injury um, he Bailly was able to train, but according to Solskjaer, um, they he couldn't do all of it, and neither could Pogba. By the way, I'll come I'll come on to what that means for Rashford in a sec. I'll just focus on on Bailly because Bailly and, and Pogba are the two that need to be assessed. So because Bailly needs to be assessed, and because Lindelof made it all the way through uh, a training session, no problem. Then I would imagine that Lindelof's going to play. Um, I would say the same about Shaw, but obviously Tellez is obviously uh, potentially also available too. So. Um, yeah, I haven't actually done the the uh, my final sweep over the t- the predicted lineup, so make sure you check those before before the deadline, and I'll make a final decision on on Shaw. I think I've I've, I've probably just sounded like a manager there myself there, make a final a decision, but you know, it's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think I think Lindelof, I think the fact that Lindelof, as soon as he was back, came in and played against Man City, kind of probably tells you all you need to know about who is who's first choice anyway. So if anyone is looking to go a little bit cheaper for Man United, I think I think he'll probably play. Um, I don't think too many other player, uh, too many other players are being considered. Really, what what was it you were going to say on Rashford? Is it just position wise or? 
Yeah. So, I, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to yeah, worry anyone. Rashford is going to play almost certainly. Um, the, the thing is that for the last uh, two or three games, um, they're trying to find this this more advanced role for Pogba, which has been the perennial problem for Solskjaer since Fernandez came, because obviously you can't really play Pogba at number 10 if, um, you know, you've got Fernandez in that role. And, you know, you know, he can kind of play in a deeper role, I suppose, but it kind of sounds like he and his agent don't really want him playing. Uh, you know, in, in, in the two, in a four two three one, Alonso, like a Fred and McTominay. So they were looking for a way to get Pogba further up the field, closer to the action, uh, more of a chance to get involved. So where they played him was on the left wing, which is where Rashford normally plays. And they'd pushed Rashford onto the other side, where he's not normally quite so uh, effective. So if Pogba's not available for this, because he is being assessed, then there's the possibility that Rashford goes back to his favoured flank on the left that would also be really good news because Burnley in the last four matches have uh, conceded the second most chances down the right-hand side. So if we can get Rashford on the left-hand side, he actually looks a really nice bet for perhaps captaincy or, you know, if you're on your free hit, um, I, you know, I'd be, I'd be quite, uh, quite tempted to, to definitely go with Rashford just because there's doubt about Pogba. Yeah, no, I like, I like Rashford as a pick this week. I think plenty of people are looking between Rashford and Lacazette, and I think I would side with Rashford just about, uh, although I think it's quite close. Let's go to uh, Newcastle. Um, so the goalkeeper one's interesting because I think Bruce said that Darlow was first choice at the moment, or, so, or he had the the first choice spot, but then he's kind of been, he's carried on talking about it, just saying how like lucky he is. Do you still think that Darlow is going to start, or do you think there's enough um, uncertainty that... We should probably avoid the Newcastle keepers. Oh yeah, it's annoying. I mean, I um, yeah, I I don't. I'm not actually going to be looking at the Newcastle defence for for this game week. I I haven't actually made even the final decision on what I'm doing about chips or transfers. But either way, I don't think I'm going to be going near the Newcastle defence, arguably for this reason. So, in order to answer the the question, I suppose yeah, it's it's easier to answer the question not as someone interested. I appreciate it for people who kind of were looking at Darlow. It's a bit more annoying. Um. The, the way I see it is Darlow, I think, is the one who will start, but there is doubt at the same time. So um, Darlow was um, described by Bruce in the aftermath of the Liverpool game. He said it was his like jersey to lose, effectively. So the number one jersey is his. Um, and um, yeah, we'll just go from there. But obviously that was before Dubravka came back. Dubravka's come back and played uh, in the FA Cup. Um, and so then the new quote from Bruce, which is, you know, a slight change from what it was a couple of weeks ago, he said, I'm delighted with the goalkeeping situation we've got. I mean, from a manager perspective, who wouldn't be, you know, two uh, strong goalkeepers, very good at making saves. So we've got two quality goalkeepers and Martin Dubravka has again reminded us how good he is. While Carl Darlow has been very good all season. And he then said, it's a tough decision. So Bruce is now in a situation where he has to make a call. He doesn't see it as being an obvious one. Um, so for me, that would, in terms of my own team, make me go, okay, I probably will avoid just in case. I'm probably still going to put Darlow in the predicted lineup though, because if you look at, you know, kind of the seasons they've had, Dubravka's played one competitive game and Darlow's played every Premier League match. So in terms of, you know, rhythm and being sort of like match ready, which is slightly different for a goalkeeper, I will admit. Um, but you know, if we're trying to find some way to have a tiebreaker between the two, Darlow has done it in the Premier League consistently this season will probably have a stronger uh, relationship and rhythm with the back four than Dubravka um, has in terms of, you know, recent uh, involvement. So edging towards Darlow, but yes, 
There yeah, is doubt it, there because not even Bruce knows. Yeah, I think it would be harsh to drop him. Like he's not, It's not like he's done badly either. The other big one from Newcastle was a little bit of a worry over Wilson. Did Wilson get mentioned like specifically in the press conference? Because I think people were expecting to see him at least in the squad for the FA Cup game, and I don't think he was there at all. Did you see him get mentioned at all? Um, no, no, not specifically. Um, but he did talk about there being players that he just like left at home, um, just to kind of give him a bit of a break. Um, and that included people like Fernandez, um, and a couple of the other defenders. I think Cher as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't be too worried. You know, I think he just wanted to give them a bit of a break. Good stuff. So he's still probably a decent enough pick if that's kind of where you were looking. So don't be too worried. I'd say if he yeah. was out, it would have got brought up. I can't imagine their star striker would. Yeah, he's far too key for them. If, yeah. there, if there was some element of doubt, there would it would be you know it would be something they'd want to talk about. Cool, good stuff. Uh, let's go on to Arsenal next. So um, I think obviously a lot of people are looking at Tierney and on Holden if they're going a bit cheaper. Uh, I think there's potential for Gabriel to come back potentially do you think that will make a difference to Holden or do you think they'll just line up together yeah I can't see Holden uh coming out of the team for this I mean when you uh, any manager will know that if you want to be keeping clean sheets you need to have a consistent um back four and you know they've had that I think for the last I think it's last three where they've won nine points got nine points from nine games uh, nine points from a possible nine in three games um you know they've played um Holding and Mari together with Tierney on one side Bellerin on the other so there is a strong case to be made for him just retaining that back four um if Gabriel's going to come back in I'll talk about his chances in a second if he were to come back in I feel like it would surely be for Mari because Holding has started 10 of the last 11 um you know he's been being talked about as a potential you know leader in dressing room going forward long term you know potential future captain that sort of thing and the consistency that he's had over that period it would be exceptionally exceptionally harsh him to come out for this game um, with Gabriel coming back in. To, to be honest, looking at the quotes on Gabriel, it's possible that it might be too soon for this game anyway. So um, the quote on Gabriel was, he's missed a few weeks of training because he had to isolate. It's better now. We expect him to be training with us and a couple of days, um, uh, tra- training with us for, for a couple of days ahead of the game. And we will make an assessment whether we can have him or not on Thursday. So at the point in time that the quote came out about Gabriel, um, he hadn't actually returned to training yet. Um, the idea was that he's expecting him to come back into training. Obviously, they don't play till Thursday, so that's still enough time for him to presumably train enough to play. But, you know, um, th- they need to make an assessment about him. So if you're looking at that pragmatically as a manager, I'd be very surprised if Arteta looked at holding, started 10 of 11 games, played very well. You know, he's the kind of guy that I might want to be building my defence around long term versus a guy that I don't even know if he can play until the day of the game. It would just be so weird if he went with Gabriel over holding. Yeah, especially when they're doing, like you said, all right right now. It'd be a bit weird just to break that up. And the air started quite a lot. So I'd say it'd be fine. Looking at your um, predicted lineup, which I think you've done already, you're expecting, basically basically, because these are the players people look at, you're pretty much expecting, as you would imagine, up front. So Lacazette, um, Aubameyang on the left, Smith-Rowe just behind, and then Saka on the right. No, No, basically, there's no major worries for anyone going for Arsenal players this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you you've got to look at the way they've played in the last two games, and again, it's just why would you change that front four? And in terms of the options that could come in, um, you know, Willian and, and Pepe have either of those shown enough form to displace uh, Saka on the right hand side? Not really. Um, can you really bench Abamyang? Um, you know, for for a game like this, 
Um, you know, even if he's not necessarily got the goals, he's a Bamiyang and he's a big, big name there and they need to keep him happy. So again, why would you would you um, take him out? And then Smith Rowe, I mean, he's just, he out of nowhere, he's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, in the three games, he's started three games at number 10. He's, he's put uh, three assists up in those three, in those three games. He scored in the FA Cup. Um, he's created six chances in that in that period, which is basically per ninety. That's more than Saka. Um, so I just again, I just why, why bench him? Like that front four really started to gel. Um, so yeah, I'm not concerned about any of those four. Good stuff. So if you're going for Arsenal, happy days. Uh, I don't think many people, at least on a free hit, are going for Fulham. Um, but obviously there has been quite a few issues there when they when they had um, positive tests where they needed to stop playing. Obviously, this is why this match has come in because it's been postponed. Um, is there any major news we should be worried about there? It sounds like they're mostly okay, right? Yeah, so Parker was really brief on that particular subject. I mean, to be honest, the thing is, sometimes these press conferences, they end up being dominated by what's more newsworthy on a national level than the stuff like that we want to hear about. match so quickly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so the... It was very, very much about Parker highlighting how annoyed he was this game was going ahead, which just while we're on on that subject, he talked a lot about it. And it's got a lot of people sort of worrying that well, not worrying or getting excited even about Spurs assets that are oh, well, they're going to they're going to smash this now because Fulham clearly aren't ready at all because Parker said we're not. Um I sort of wonder if that's Parker playing mind games. I mean, this is a guy that has even has played under Mourinho, so he knows exactly how to create a siege mentality. Um so, yeah, like I, I think Fulham will be more ready for this game than most people will realise. And Parker will absolutely want everyone to think they're not ready so that when they turn up and they, they, they establish that deep block, they've actually done a very good job of establishing in the last um, sort of five or six games that it starts to frustrate Spurs. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually I'm not particularly pulled into the whole Spurs players are going to absolutely run right this week. And then the other thing, of course, uh, is that, yeah, there doesn't seem to be too many injury problems. Uh, he said everyone's fine. There's, he even said there isn't an injury update as such. He just said that the, the lads that were coming back from injury, which were Josh Onomar, Terence Congolo and Kenny Tete, who, big part of the free hit template, those guys, uh, he said that they uh, they came through the FA Cup well. But no, I can't see those guys coming straight into the team. The team's been quite established, um, quite consistent. I've been doing in, okay. In yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Are, are you free hitting this week? Oh, don't ask me that. Andy, this is a team news video. Are you free hitting? I've got one quick question. Are you free hitting? Uh, Probably not. I I nearly did. Yeah, I nearly did. I was going to ask you if you would go Son and Kane on a free hit after you just said you don't think Fulham are going to get turned over. No, if I was free hitting, I don't think I would. I'd just get one of them. Well, okay. Job done. There we go. We'll leave it at that. No more discussion on that. Uh, But we will talk about Spurs. So, again, I think realistically the main considerations of players like Regulon, Dyer, Son and Kane in terms of that left back position I know some people are worried about Reginon because of you know the party and stuff that he went to but he played in the EFL Cup he came on in the FA Cup he was on the bench versus Leeds for me he's starting this week and I wouldn't be worried if I was picking him what do you think? I'd, I'd be a little bit worried I'd be a little Ooh, bit worried just, okay. just because um, Davis uh, he's, Davis has kept him out of the team for I th- uh, think three of the last four uh, Premier League games and yes the, the the party has played a part in that but the, but you know what Mourinho is like he absolutely loves holding a grudge so you know True. if, if, if there's entirely possible that could play into his thinking um, you know if you look at the what they did in the cup yes Davis started but um, you know was taken off in the second half uh, in the I'll just double check it now it was uh, yeah the 71st minute so he did play most of the game 
Um, but some, but so you know, sometimes we see managers um, managing someone's minutes like that, so they can use them in the next one. So, if if we look to who has played more at the left back role in the last four Premier League games for Spurs, it has been Davis. So there, there has been, and there's enough doubt there that I, if I was free hitting, I would probably steer away um, uh, from Regulon. And actually, I'm, I've started Davis in the predicted lineup as well. I, I okay, we won't argue about this too much. I think it's a bit of a moot point, but he started so Regulon <laughs> started two of the last three in the league. The only one he did was that Leeds one, and then um, and he played against Brentford, and that Brentford team was quite quite first team. So I think he's going to start, but we can beg to differ on that. Yeah, what about it's the a, main... it's a cow's opinion, as you say? Yeah, what, what's um, yeah, what's um, with Son and Kane, there's no issues, is there? I mean, that's really who everyone cares about, Son and Kane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Son and Kane, absolutely no problem. I mean, Son was uh, unused substitute um, at Marine and Kane was, wasn't involved at all. The beauty of them owning Carlos Vinicius now is that they can go through games like that and preserve Kane's fitness. Uh, so, yeah, no concerns there at all. What a hat-trick it was. What a hat-trick it was in the FA Cup. He was absolutely loving it. And he was, yeah. do you know what I liked about that? He was respecting the Cup. Everyone says about respecting yeah. the Cup. He smashed them just as if they were a Premier League team. I, I liked I it. I completely agree. Like, they can't have it both ways. You can't be like, oh, well, you know, take it easy. Um, oh, that's disrespecting. But when he exactly. smashes the ball in from two yards, it's offensive. Yeah, jog on, get in the bin. Exactly. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll move on from Spurs. Let's go to um, Wolves next. Uh, so obviously a lot of people looking to put Sice in. I think Sice was in the the scout picks as well. I think we put him in there. Um, I saw some people speculating that players like Bolly and that might be back, which you know maybe puts a bit of a doubt over it. But they're not back, are they? So so players like Sice are looking good this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Sice will be uh, will be will be in the squad. Yeah, Wolves. Um... Injury situation isn't, isn't good, according to uh, Nuno. So I think the five main people missing have got Bolly is out, Marcel is out, uh, Pedence is out, and then obviously Johnny and Jimenez are kind of long-term absent absentees as well. Um, so, yeah, I can't really see how Saiz doesn't play. Um, you know, if they're going to play a back three, they need, they'll need they need three centre-backs, obviously, and they'll, they'd have Cody, they'd have Saiz, and they'd have Kilman. My predicted lineup actually is with the back four, which um, they've used a little bit more extensively recently. So... Um, yeah, Saiz significantly more likely to start than anyone looking at Kilman, who um, you know has, hasn't played anywhere near as much in the last eight game weeks than he has before since they started using the back four a little bit more. Um, outside that, it's um, yeah, not not too much to worry about because many people aren't particularly looking at um, the attacking assets. The one thing I will say though is that now they've got Dendonka back, that does make Wolves' defensive potential a lot stronger. So uh, Wolves haven't kept a single clean sheet this season when Dendonka's not started. Um, and all four of the clean sheets they have kept have been in games where he started. Um, and actually, the one particular game, uh, the Villa game, they conceded after he went off the pitch. So he actually has more clean sheets to his name than the team does. So Dendonka will make a massive difference to clean sheet potential this week. And of course, I mean, I, I mean, I, it segues nicely into the Everton injury update, yeah, is that obviously Calvert-Lewin, uh, Calvert-Lewin is out with the hamstring problem and he's definitely not playing, according to uh, Ancelotti. Um, it doesn't sound like a long-term thing. It just sounds like Ancelotti doesn't really trust him to know his own body with this injury because he's never had it before. So he wants to give him a break. Uh, and Richarlison is a doubt too. So to bring it right back to the Saez thing, I think clean sheet potential for Wolves this week is actually is looking kind of nice between uh, Dendonka coming back and Everton potentially being down, maybe even two members of their front three. 
Yeah, I mean, Everton are already uh, struggling. It's probably a bit harsh, but like as a Calvert-Lewin owner, I know how few goals he's scored. So if he's out, and uh, like you said, Richarlison's a doubt too. I mean, Tosin did score in the FA Cup, but I don't think he's a very... Um, I don't know if he's that much of a decent replacement for Calvert-Lewin. So yeah, it does look good for Wolves. In terms of um, Everton, was there any other kind of major news apart from Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin? Well, Alan's still out for about another 10 to 15 days. So, you know, not that anyone's really thinking about Everton defenders too much. Um, but, you know, they'll obviously be missing him for um continued period. Um, yeah, just to clarify on Richarlison, I think Richarlison may play. You know, it, it's just that they need to make a decision on him. They didn't specify what was wrong with him. So the, my suspicion is it's minor um, and that he probably will play. But there is there is just still an element of doubt with Richarlison. Good to know. Good to know. I think we've only got two teams left. So the mighty Sheffield United, I was watching Black Box last night, I saw Mark is going from a Goldrick up front uh, instead of <laughs> Callum Wilson. But I don't think there's too many players being considered from Sheffield United. What's the latest on um, on their injury status? Yeah, it's funny because this is probably like the one game we, where we might even entertain the notion that we would start thinking about maybe considering a Sheffield United player. Um, so yeah, for once, Chris Wilder's press conference is actually worth paying attention to. But he wasn't very helpful. Um, you know, he basically was was presented with a list of five names. It was Bulldog, Stevens, Jagielka, uh, Sharp and Mousset. You know, what's the thinking there? And he basically just lumped all five of them together and said, well, you know, like maybe, you know, he's basically said, so we'd like to think some of those five will be available. It'll be touch and go on a couple. Hopefully all five will be available for the weekend. So game week 19, we don't know on two or three of those players who we then didn't specify if Tuesday night comes too early for those players. Now, in terms of what that, perhaps means for fantasy is that yeah McGoldrick surely is going to start he would probably start anyway but you know we're sat here now with McBurney um you know highly doubtful to play how you know um with, with his knock that he's got Sharp and Mousset also flagged um you know McGoldrick just it is I can't see even an alternative universe where he doesn't start this yeah. game what it potentially does maybe mean is that maybe Brewster gets to start you know he hasn't um started anywhere near as many games as we expected him to uh, recently I think it's um, yeah two starts in the last three um, more likely than usual uh, just because there's doubt over those other strikers but we don't we have no idea of those five players really because Wilder just didn't didn't give any specifics so yeah thanks Chris but I, I would be brilliant if Brewster scores this week I think people have held on to him for so long and there's a lot of people that are not free hitting they're gonna have to play him I think it'd be classic FPL if he goes on to score his first goal as everyone free hits him out in fact I want to see it happen it doesn't even benefit me and I loads of people have Newcastle defenders too weren't they yeah yeah so <laughs> I think there's definitely yeah probably not a huge amount but definitely more going for Newcastle goalie over Sheffield United goalie for sure so oh, hugely, it, yeah. it'd be a beautiful sight and I hope it happens let's finish on a team we're all hoping get battered by Man City uh, this week which is Brighton <laughs> Um, and they are missing quite a few players um, obviously Lamptey's been out for a little while and I think he's been a huge miss because um, he just provides so much threat both well attacking wise obviously causes teams problems and also he's a pretty decent defender too so that's that's a big miss uh, and they're also missing a bunch of other players as well right yeah, I mean, this looks really, really exciting for for Man City. I think because I mean, I, Man City were gonna, I, I, as I said on the captain video, I think they're gonna really enjoy this game anyway. Because when you when you're at home and you're Man City and you get to face a possession based side that's nowhere near as good as you, you're gonna find so much space behind them, and they don't like to have a deep block. Their big problem. 
uh, is the fact that they, um, yeah, they're missing so many people. So you've mentioned a few there. Um, the big problem for them is going to be central midfield. So Basuma is suspended for one game for an accumulation of yellow cards. Lalana is out, so he won't be able to fill in that central midfield slot. Um, Davy Proper will, will almost certainly start in central midfield just because he has to. Like they just don't have too many others. Now, so then the question is, who does Potter replace Basuma with? Because he can't replace him with Lalana. He can either replace him with Alzate, who also is a doubt. He said that he needs to be assessed and he is a quote possible to be involved in the squad, um, which to me doesn't sound too positive, but he might just have to play him anyway, because if he doesn't play Alzate at central midfield, he would then have to maybe, which he has done on occasion this year, mm-hmm. take Ben White out of defence uh, and play him in central midfield. Now then that's a problem because then he would have to put Dan Byrne in the back three uh, against Man City and he had a torrid time against Wolves he was absolutely dreadful um, in that game so lots of difficult decisions for Potter to make there which is lovely absolutely lovely to see when we're probably all going to have roughly three Man City players for game week 18 it's going to be hilarious when Brighton uh, destroy the Man City clean sheet within five minutes I can just see that <laughs> happen as well just a pessimistic side to me I think Brighton are one of those teams that, that are just so intriguing to me because their defensive numbers and their attacking numbers in terms of XG are actually pretty good but it's just not mm. translating into points to, for them in any way and obviously it's always difficult to, to play against Man City but you never know they might they might give them some kind of a problem but I'm not expecting it to be a massive test I think yeah. uh, I yeah, don't think so. De Bruyne, the captain, is locked in for me. I think I'm not even, um, not even looking elsewhere. I think that's it. I should say I don't think I said this at the top of the the show, but Crystal Palace obviously playing as well. I don't think there's too many people considering Palace assets this week, but they are playing in game week 18, and they are not. There's no press conference till tomorrow, so that's when we're going to hear about. It. So that'll be after the deadline. So whatever we hear will be too late at that point, uh, and also the Leicester press conference is tomorrow as well. But that's obviously not needed until game week 19 so it's only really the crystal palace one we're missing for this week um, and obviously we'll have another team news stream hopefully on friday because the deadline's been moved to saturday as well we should say that um so it would be a team news on friday ahead of saturday's deadline and also just because i saw it in the chat um people ask it i know it's not strictly team news but people asking about leeds versus southampton there is talk that potentially that could be moved out of game week 19 but it's just speculation for now. Um, I, I say talks are ongoing. Again, we just don't know, right? Unless you've heard anything. I think it's just speculation and, and rumours right now, right? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't have a hotline to yeah. Philip Bielsa. Um, or Ralph So, yeah, yeah, I don't have any of those. So, just wait and see. Uh, we uh, Fantasy Football Scout, we obviously, we do see a lot of these, you know, rumours that you've, you've mentioned that um, that people talk about. But we, we tend just to like to focus on what comes out as official announcements and until then uh we uh we, we refuse to speculate like a, a premier league manager in the january transfer window i think for me just really quickly we'll end on this i think for for me with leeds players is i think you just treat it as if it's they got a double and if they don't they've still got brighton and they're good long-term assets who are cheap so i don't think it's the end of the world of course it'd be nice to know now but uh yeah life sucks sometimes and we're not going to find out so <laughs> there we go i think we'll leave it there david thank you very much for uh, stepping in for now i think you'll be doing that for a few more few more game weeks right uh yeah definitely for double game week 19 maybe for game week 20 uh in the words of pep guardiola we shall see wait and see uh next week is going to be uh absolutely massive so make sure you tune in for that hit subscribe if you haven't already thanks for watching hit that like button if you enjoyed it and uh good luck getting your decisions made just over an hour enjoy it it'll all be over soon